What's up, everybody? Welcome back. This is Take It to the Hizzy Fantasy Football, T-I-T-T-H number 30. I'm your host, Justin Bruni. This is my co-host, Nick Davis. What's up, guys? We got a good slew of uh, topics on the board for today. Uh, before we uh, get to those, we're going to start off with some uh, recent news. Uh, we discussed uh, the Jamal Adams trade uh, on our last episode, Jamal Adams going over to the Seahawks. Uh, now this week, you know, with the, uh, the assumed uh, presence of Jamal Adams, uh, we're seeing the uh, contract talks. Uh, heat up for George Kittle and the uh, San Francisco 49ers. Sounds like they're not on the same page. Yeah, it doesn't seem like they're on the same page. Uh, I think it's mostly because Kittle sees himself more as a t- more than a tight end on the offense, um, and they use him more than a tight end, which they're trying to pay him as. It's one of those things like the, on the defensive side, you always see the linebackers and defensive ends want to be classified as someone else, uh, another position, uh, to get that extra money. It's just one of those situations where we might just see Kittle walk, but we're also hearing about uh, other people being looked at by the 49ers, right? Yeah, so uh, Jordan Reed, Delaney Walker, some some names that I've heard in, in recent days. Um, I don't necessarily think that if they sign one of those guys, it necessarily means it's the end of you know Kittle in San Francisco. I just think that they're gearing up, you know, if they... Got yeah, exactly. And, and if they are going to actually use Kittle as more of a wide receiver... And they're going to need to get somebody in there that can also catch and block on the offensive line, right? Uh, Jordan Reed, Delaney Walker, two guys that have been able to do that in the past. Yeah, I love Jordan Reed. I uh, watched him a uh, couple years in, for when he played in Washington. When he uh, played. Yeah, when he played. That was the main issue is that he mm-hmm. was always hurt. Um, not always hurt. It was just like. He's always he, hurt. He would get hurt after like having a good season like and lose half of his season. And it was just very frustrating. Um, I remember when he actually. I think it was like he tore his AC joint in his shoulder and he scored the game-winning touchdown against the Dallas Cowboys and he reached over his head to catch the game-winning ball. It was incredible. Like, it was Iron Man. I love watching him play. Um, he's legit on the field. He will get the ball. Uh, Jimmy G will have a nice little target. But that's the thing is that he needs to get on the field. And, and stay on the field, yeah. And stay on the field. Yeah. And with how physical the game is now, I think the last injury he had was a concussion. So, you know, he already has that issue. Um, I... I I would love to see him in uh, 49ers uniform to see him catch passes, but it's going to be hard to see him get on the field. I think it's a good situation for any wide receiver or tight end to go into. There's not many mouths to feed right now uh, for the 49ers. Uh, so you have Debo Samuel getting hurt. Yeah, I think that highlights – Yeah, no, it, it, it really is. Um, you know, Someone that I was high on uh, coming into this year, they are talking about him missing you know several weeks to, to start the season. Um but at the same time, that kind of heightens up, uh, you know, the, the production for George Kittle or the potential production for George Kittle. And it, targets. and it will give him the opportunity to highlight his value at the potential wide receiver position. Not that he actually plays wide receiver, right, guys? But he wants that wide receiver money. That's why they are not on the same page uh, with these contract talks. So uh, a, a situation, you know, we're going to be following going into the start of the season. Um, I think we're both, you know, high on George Kittle. Tight, oh, absolutely. Tight end, too. Um, man, you know, one, you know, a couple of changes in Kansas City, and, you know, you could really put uh, uh, Kittle up to number one, really. really he, he just doesn't have as much competition as Kelsey does for, for targets. I think it's just that the... He's so much bigger than the other guys, too. Like, oh, just, yeah. Uh, 
physically in the chest and stuff. Mm. Like, he's just an easy target. There's a lot of guys on the team that, you know, Ayuk, he does have arms that literally almost go down to his knees. It's mm. incredible. Like, he'll have a huge catch radius, um, like Larry Fitzgerald. Um, but, but he's the number one right now on this team. With Debo Samuel hurt, no? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, he's definitely going to get some runs. Uh, we'll definitely probably mention him later. But, uh, yeah, K- Kittle's a huge target. I, I love him. And, uh, you know, with Debo Samuel going down, he's definitely going to get at least the ball a little bit more for sure. Yeah, I hope they uh, they settle out those contract talks and, uh, you know, get, get, get him his payday before the start of the year. I think that would only be right. Uh, huge reason, you know, why they uh, went to the playoffs last year or why they were able to, you know, have success all year, make a deep run in the playoffs. Um, obviously monster, you know, having some issues there too. He was a big part of uh, why they went to the Super Bowl. Uh, Garoppolo had like what, p- 10 passing t- attempts or less in that, uh, NFC Weird. North <laughs> NFC championship game. Yeah. I mean, yeah, is, is what it is, but, uh, yeah, Niners take care of your guys, man. You know, we we're tired of hearing about all these, uh, all these issues you're having over there. And, uh, we want our, all, all of our fantasy players to be healthy and productive going into the start of their year. So help us out, will you? Jeez. <laughs> All right, so moving into our uh, our topics for today, uh, starting off the top, we're going to talk uh, some Teddy Bridgewater, um, super valuable uh, this year in two quarterback leagues. Uh, in my opinion, he's going to be a league winner. You know, in the last mock draft we did, he was drafted in the 13th round uh, of a two quarterback league as your super flex, um, right behind Sam Darnold, right ahead of Tyrod Taylor. What do you think about Bridgewater this year? I mean, the average draft position in these mock drafts, like where he's he's going and who's behind him and in front of him, it's like, dude, I think you should put a little bit more respect on his name. I mean, Sam Darnold, he's still a developing player. Teddy Bridgewater. No thanks. Yeah, no thanks to Sam, Sam Darnold. Hard yeah. pass. And then Tyrod Taylor just throws turkeys in the air. And it's just, it's hard to watch the ball come out of his hand. Absolutely. And, and touching on Tyrod Taylor, you know, everyone, week one starter, week one starter. Is he going to be the week four starter? No. The week five starter? No. Sorry. I mean, really though. I mean, how long can Tyrod Taylor last? I I don't see it lasting more than three games. That's that's the max for me. You know, it's a similar situation, in my opinion, to uh, to Cleveland. He's just on the field until he's not allowed to be on the field anymore. Yeah. You know, once you make the, enough mistakes, you're you're gone. It's a sh- super short leash. Um, I think the only the other like really short leash I leash I see in the league is like with the Bears, like you know Foles and and, and Mitch this situation. With this, I think Herbert's going to be in there really quick, guys. Um, so yeah, Taylor right after him, no, no question, just completely disrespectful. Like you said. Yeah. And Teddy Bridgewater signed in Carolina to be the man. And he showed up in Minnesota before his knee injury, um, that he was a a, a dude that could throw the ball. Um, and he, he's not going to be the mobile quarterback, um, that everybody expects from that. So I, he's, he's just going to be that pocket quarterback. that's just going to be chucking the ball. Um, Matt rule had um, like it. Baylor played 16 games. They would have had a 4,000-yard passer uh, with their average mm-hmm. per game, which is great because that high-flying offense in the Big 12 is coming over to Carolina, and they're just going to make uh, Christian McCaffrey and Teddy Bridgewater, their stats are just going to pop off the uh, stat chart. So pay attention to uh, the Carolina Panthers for sure. No, absolutely. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, You know, if, if he had played a full 16 uh, games last season, he would have been looking at about 3,700 yards um, you know, based on his uh, his pace of play, um, really excited about him this year. Uh, first year offensive coordinator Joe Brady is saying that you know, hey, you know, we want to get the ball out into space. That's going to be our priority this year, um, and that's going to be uh, a big factor in Bridgewater's success. You know, having the best 
pass-catching running back in the league right next to you is going to be very, very helpful. Um, you know, CMC is going to increase his value tremendously. And then you have these, um, you know, uh, slashers in Moore and Samuel. And then you have uh, Anderson opening up the, the, the secondary, you know, uh, speeding down the field. So I love everything that they've done. Uh, and they brought in Russell Okung as well um, in, a in, in a trade uh, with, um, was it the Chargers? Yeah, yeah, with the, yeah. I, I love the tackle trades, man. When, when uh, another team acquires a tackle, it's just showing that they believe in whoever's the quarterback or whoever they're Basically trying to use to carry their offense. Love the offensive line moves. Well, yeah, he's, he's going to cover Bridgewater's blind spot. And the offensive line was not a bright spot for the Panthers last year. You know, I watched a lot of tape on Kyle Allen and kind of seeing the similarities between him and Bridgewater. And really the big difference is, is that Bridgewater is going to be a quarterback that can deal with that pressure off the line. Three-step drop and release. Allen, eh, thinking a little too much. Four you know, seconds. Yeah, overthinking, You know, trying to run out of the pocket, trying to extend the play when he doesn't have the tangible skills to do so. Bridgewater does. He's a downhill runner. He's not going to uh, run east and west on you. But when the pocket opens up, yeah, he'll he'll take a good. Yeah, he'll definitely step up. He'll he'll take seven or eight yards on you. But it's not it's not a consistent trait of his, right? So Drew Brees does the same thing. He just steps up in the pocket, or he just takes those yeah. extra yards. Exactly. Three step drop and releases all day. He's going to be hitting uh, Curtis Samuel in in space, who they're going to be looking to use a lot more uh, as a gadget uh, type of player, like we were talking about Debo Samuel earlier. They're even talking about him taking snaps at running back, Curtis Samuel. So just um, you know, more hype, you know, or information, if you will, um, to you know, throw some respect on the Panthers this year. I'm probably going to be moving up Curtis Samuel, hearing all this, uh, you know, hearing all the good things I'm hearing about him, the way that they're going to use him, uh, the way that they're just going to set Bridgewater up for success. You know, someone that's being drafted in the 13th round in your two quarterback leagues. You know, if you pounce on. Uh, Jackson or Mahomes in the first round, this is a guy that you can sit on literally for many, many rounds and build up the rest of your team. Yep. Especially if you have multiple flex positions to fill in those leagues. There are some two, two quarterback leagues where it's you know just traditional, two quarterbacks, three wide receivers, two running backs, and a tight end. They don't even use the flex. But if you're in one of those leagues where they have two flex spots in there too, you really need to stack up on talent. And that's why I'm saying he's a league winner this year is because he's going to fall into your lap, be a potential starter for you, you know, in single quarterback leagues, he's he's your backup. You know, there, you know, there's so many other arms that you can draft ahead of him. You know, but if you take a flyer, you know, let's say like you really wait and you you know on a quarterback and you only get like you know Ben Roethlisberger, right? Ben Roethlisberger, a little injury injury prone, hasn't had history of staying on the field in the past few years. Go grab yourself a Teddy Bridgewater. You know, hedge hedge, hedge that pick essentially. You know, um, I'm really comfortable with him this year. His ADP is 176. He's a Fantasy Pros quarterback 26. He is my quarterback 27 i think i'm going to be putting a little bit more respect on his name on my next rankings update and bring him up a few spots um the only reason i i have him at 27 is um cam newton you know he got plugged in got picked up got signed so i plugged him in uh, i think my top 12 my last thoughts on teddy bridgewater is i do think the way that the offense is going to work is when they're saying that they want to get out into space they want to use their weapons do all the work so mm -hmm. it's going to yeah. be a west coast offense mm -hmm. dink and dunk but Teddy Bridgewater does have uh, Roby Anderson going down the field at full speed to just chuck the ball and let him run. Mm -hmm. So that, you know, constant five-yard dinks, five-yard dinks, five-yard dinks, and then you got over the top, man, it's just going to have some open plays. So that means that there's going to be more receptions for CMC, more uh, receptions and yardage for – and rushing yardage for Curtis Samuel. Mm -hmm. And then – um you know, the other receivers on the outside, they're going to get their looks, but they're also going to get the yardage because 
the offense believes that their weapons can do work in space. So just kind of letting you know, like that's kind of how I see this offense working out. And if all of you out there are so high on D sorry, hit my mic a lot today. <laughs> if you're all so high on DJ Moore, how can you not be high on Teddy Bridgewater? I hear every fantasy pundit, DJ Moore, DJ Moore. He's my guy this year. He's my guy. There's so much love for him. If you love DJ Moore, go get yourself some Teddy Bridgewater as well. He's just, he's going to be just as successful. Uh, all right, so that's it for Teddy Bridge. Uh, let's move on to some prop bets. We are talking uh, Tom Brady and Gronk. You want to line up Gronk first, Nick? Yeah, absolutely. So um, this uh, article was written actually uh, a week ago, but what I saw was that the line was set way too low. The line when I saw it was at 600 uh, yards and a half mm -hmm. for the year. We actually checked it today, and it dropped 50 yards. Um, we think that that might be due to the signing of um, – who's that running back that was signed? LaShawn McCoy. LaShawn McCoy, sorry. Maybe. Um, I, I don't really Maybe. Know. I, don't, I don't know why they're dropping this number. It's crazy. I don't, I don't really like Philly, so that's why I completely forgot his name, even though he played for the Chiefs, but whatever. Um, but that is way too low. Okay, I'm, I'm smashing the over on this, man. Take um, it to the hizzy. 550, no way. Yeah, it's – even at 600, I was saying it's, it's sort of absurdly low. Um, he's been blessed with basically playing with the same quarterback his entire career. That chemistry is not built overnight. So, you know, they might be going into a new team, but Brady knows to look for Gronk down the field, uh, which is going to pay dividends down the uh, line. And <clears throat> there is a one-third chance that he won't break 600, but if you dig a little deeper... He's, just, he's getting it. He well, is getting this prop. One year was his rookie year, and two years were shortened by injury. And, uh, you know, if he plays at least 11 games, he's going to hit over uh, 600. But right now it's 550, so we're just going to use that number, basically. Um, and the previous the previous last year, previous tight ends did not work as well as Gronk did. Um, you mm -hmm. know, OJ and Bray, they were just not anywhere near the caliber of Gronkowski. Um, but they are going to be used more as, like, the tight ends of the offense. He's going to be used more as the big receiver. Um, I just see that, and everybody's saying, oh, he lost 100 pounds, and, you know, he's not as big as he used to be. You don't have to be 280 to make uh, make 100 catches uh, anymore. So they're going to line him up as a receiver, line him up as a tight end. They're just going to use him as a gadget. 800 receiving yards is 50 yards per game. What did they bring Gronkowski in for? Do you think that they signed Gronkowski to own block? Yeah, so yeah, exactly. He, he's <laughs> he's probably lost a good one hundred pounds, right? Yeah. He's not going to be he a run carry that all. He's not going to be a run blocker with, with his size where he's at now. He is he's building it back. All these guys are getting into more football shape. You know, we're seeing <laughs> we're seeing it with all athletes actually as as sports have returned, right? Um, you know, we're seeing these guys with different types of bodies and they're usually accustomed to. Gronk is going to be in that situation because he's been out of the league for uh, you know a, a season or so. So I, I love the upside for Gronk. 800 yards is where I would put his prop because I think 50 yards a game is enough to make some people, you know, question, you know, their bets, right? Uh, what, what, what is what is it? We, we The bet is at 600 or 650? No, it's at 550. What was it originally when, when you... 600. 600 when you wrote it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That breaks down to 37 and a half yards per game. What do they... What did they bring him there for? For 25 yards a game? For 30 yards a game? Do you, you think that's why they sound Gronkowski? Like... Man, we really need to go out there and get a tight end that can get us that extra, you know, quarter of a hundred yards. Yeah, yeah, he's gonna smash this prop. Anywhere you can find these numbers, uh, this low, whether it's at your own local sports book in whatever state you're in, any online book. I know it's at Sportsbook AG. You probably need to be trading in like Bitcoin uh, to to make some money there. But hey, 
this is a bet, to, bet uh, or a reason to get out of bed and go get yourself some Bitcoin shares because this this shit will make you rich. I don't I don't understand it. I don't know where these people uh, or what they're thinking with a number this low. It's 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 too much for me. Uh, very disrespectful. I know there's some Scotty Miller hype, third wide receiver talk. I know that LaShawn McCoy got signed, but I don't know what these guys are smoking. I I, I don't understand it. Um, yeah, smash this smash this over. The way I saw it last year was that. Bruce Arians was just letting Jameis Winston just throw the ball. 30, mm-hmm. 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's 60 chances basically to score a touchdown, and he was just chucking the ball up. It's a little bit different of a quarterback, but... A little bit. A little bit. A little bit different. But, um, you know, like last year, okay, this is a perfect example. O.J. Howard started 14 games and actually had two fewer receptions than his backup Cameron Bray. What? That, that doesn't make any sense. It, honestly, they were feeding the ball to Chris Godwin and to Mike Evans, and that, that was the offense, really. Um, now the offense is going to be a little bit – is definitely going to be way different than last year. Um, those opportunities where those 30 interceptions, that's kind of how I see it. Is like, man, like what was their record last year? Like 8-8 eight and eight or something like that? Who are the Bucks? Yeah. But anyway, like he did thirty touchdowns and thirty interceptions, and it seven was, and nine, seven and nine. Okay, so if he takes down like five interceptions, but it's Tom Brady, so I'm, I'm going to say maybe like even twenty to fifteen less reception or interceptions. So that's just more opportunities for Gronk to get the ball. Um, you know that those. 15 extra opportunities are not going to stop drives. I mean, you could see sometimes where they were driving down the field and then Winston would just throw a touchdown or throw an interception and ruin the entire drive. That's not going to happen as much with Tom Brady. So you just got to think that there's going to be way more opportunities that were available than last year. Oh, ab- absolutely. And I think that, like the last thing I want to say about Gronk uh, in this prop, just his personality. Gronk is not coming back to play football to have not record stats, Yeah, to not touch the ball. To you know, have Godwin and Evans and even Brayton Howard, who are still there, to have more production than him. I mean, there's coming coming back to win a Super Bowl. He's on the right team to do it. Yeah. Like if you were if you were not playing football and you were like, hmm, hmm, what team should I look at? Chiefs and Bucks, right? Yeah. R- right now, the, the the Chiefs and the Bucks. Those are the teams that you should be looking at. You know, if you're looking for a job in, uh, in the NFL, shout out to Nadamik and Sue. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, yeah, any, anybody looking for a job, these are the places that you should go. For Rob Gronkowski, he didn't show up there to not do anything. He's going to get used. He's going to kill this prop. Uh, yeah, that, that, that's... Over button. That's it. Smash. Grab it. All right, and that leads us into Tom. So from Gronk, to, we're going over to Tom. Tom's number, a little bit more practical, right? A little bit more realistic. Uh, you have to actually think about this one. Uh, 4,224.5 yards uh, at FanDuel. Over under is both going for negative... Uh, minus, or sorry, minus 112. I'm on the over here. I love all the weapons. Uh, Tom has hit this number plenty of times in the past in a run-heavy offense uh, on a team where you know the, the the Patriots don't have a ton of offensive talent. You know, last year his top two targets were Julian Endelman or Julian Endelman and James White, right? Mm-hmm. Like 40 percent. Exactly. Now he has Godwin. Now he has Evans, uh, Howard, Bray, Gronk. Scotty Miller, uh, a whole pl- a plethora of running backs, and now LaShawn McCoy, Roj- uh, Ronald Jones, uh, hashtag free Rojo, um, you know, uh, Keyshawn Vaughn uh, is still there. Dare Angunbawale is still waiting, is still waiting to break out. Shout out Dare Angunbawale. Um, they, they have a ton of talent around him, right? I, I don't see why he can't hit this prop. Bruce Arians is a pass-first, pass-heavy, offensive-minded uh, coach. I love all of the uh, pieces that are in play here. 
Last year, Brady averaged, uh, or I'm sorry, Brady averaged 439 passing yards and 58 passing attempts in his past three seasons. If he stays on that pace, he's absolutely going to hit this hit this number. Is there anything that you can think of that's going to not let him hit this number? No In- injury. Yeah, injury. That's, that's the only thing. Uh, like I said, it's just going to be a dink and dunk offense. That he's going to let the weapons do the work. Uh, Chris Godwin is an up and coming, elite, quick uh, receiver that's going to definitely. Uh, be the possession court uh, receiver mm-hmm. like Edelman was, yep, um, and Mike Evans is going to be the deep threat. And then he's just got his uh, very trusty sidekick and Rob Gronkowski going across the middle with a big target on his chest. Um, and he also has two other tight ends that could go. I mean, I could see Braid or something going into fullback uh, for maybe a, a strong or eye formation just to get some more weapons on the field. Um, he, there's just too many options and he honestly hasn't had these many weapons since like randy moss yeah i mean i mean that year when when they had all those when, when they had all those weapons uh he threw over what 50 touchdowns yeah 52 yeah. touchdowns i'm not saying he's going to do something like that this yeah. year but 4500 passing yards is very easily in reach for this old man and i understand it he's up there in age but i've heard this i've heard the same things over and over every year it's the system it's Belichick. It's the Patriots or Patriots way. Like, stop it. Stop feeding yourself these just like I don't even know what the, what type of storylines they're calling. They're just like All's these. Truth. Yeah, there's just these Fox ideas that you know lend you to believe you know one thing over the other. I, I really don't get it. You know, the, the guy has all the talent in the world. Um, you know, if you watch any type of film on him, the way that he uh, prepares himself uh, for the games, like it's 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 all there. You know, everything's there to to go uh, hit the over here. Uh, the offensive line wasn't great last year. They drafted Tristan Wirfs with the 13th pick in the Love first that round. Pick. Love that's, that pick. That's your guy, Dancing Love Bear. It. You know, I, I, I don't see what's not to like about the Buccaneers. Tom goes down in week two or week three. Like, you know, that can happen on any prop that you're going to bet on. So that, that's it. That's the only thing I can see, you know, preventing him from hitting this number. You don't have to like him, but definitely respect him because he's one of the greatest quarterbacks that we've seen in our generation. You're just stirring the pot. I'm just, I'm just being honest. Like I, I don't, I don't really pot. like the dude. But when he's on the field, man, he still came back 23, 28 to three against the Falcons at an old, older age. Like that was miracle. <laughs> no, it's, I, and I, and whenever you doubt him, right? And, and, yeah, and it's, it's kind, of, it's kind of like the the Michael Jordan effect. Whenever. Michael Jordan had people doubting him, or even he even suspected a threat of doubt in your mind, or a shred of doubt in your mind about him. He was all over you, right? He wanted to go out and show show the world, um, you know, otherwise, right? Brady does the same thing. I think he does it this year. Makes that big statement, leaving the Patriots. You know, sets his legacy in stone in uh, in Tampa this year. Yep, I see that happening. Too. Yeah, absolutely. Take the over. Uh, was it 42, 44? Uh, forty-two twenty-four point five. Forty-two twenty-four point five. Too low. Take it to the hizzy. Smash the over. All right. So we're gonna close it out here with some sleeper wide receivers. Uh, you want to serve up uh, your first uh, couple guys? Yeah, my uh, my guy on the West Coast that I like a lot is Hunter Renfro. Okay, mm-hmm. this guy honestly looks like a scout. Um, he's not gonna overwhelm anybody. You wouldn't put him in front of the bus to walk out first to intimidate anybody. But he's that would be the greatest <laughs> person to first walk off the bus. <laughs> he looks like the equipment manager. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So um, he definitely oh. looks like he's lost on the field. But man, oh, good. for some reason, he just has the chemistry with Derek Carr. Um, one of the things that I noticed last year was he did play um, 
He played in 13 games, only missing week 13, 14, and 15. Every game he played, he registered at least one catch um, and then at least three targets. Um, when Antonio Brown left, Tyrell Williams basically was the number one. But yeah. no, um, no, no, no question. No question. Yeah, when Tyrell went down in week 17, that game Renfro put up six receptions on nine targets for 102 yards and a touchdown. And it made uh, Waller the number one after that. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, Waller yeah. became number yeah. one, but you still need someone on the outside. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely 50%. see his catch percentage was, you know, everybody talks about, oh, Nelson Aguilar is coming mm-hmm. to the team. Um, I don't no, really thank care. You. No, thank um, you. His catch percent, uh, Renfro's catch percentage is way higher than Aguilar's. So, you know, what you're kind of seeing right now is you're starting to see quarterbacks starting to understand that you don't need to be elite speed or, you know, you don't need to have top end speed or elite quickness. You just need to be a good route runner. If you can get the ball and you need to get to your spot. Yeah. You need to get to your spot. Ruggs is going to be that guy on the downfield threat. That is no doubt in my mind. But Renfro is going to definitely be the guy to move the chains and keep the drives going. I see that happening. Um, for sure. What do you think about him? Just echoes like Wes Welker, right? Like, yeah, like the, like, like the look, the build, the receding hairline. Like, <laughs> like, I, like he, he just looks like someone's dad out there yeah. uh, playing playing football. Um, I'm, I'm all about him. You can get this guy for free at the back end of your drafts. There's zero downside for, for taking him or selecting him. You know, you're talking, you know, last pick, second to last pick, third to last pick. If you're playing with, you know, defenses or kickers in your league, whatever it is, you know, he's a guy that you're going to get for free. You're going to throw him on your bench. And if you start getting injuries or he just blows up his spot uh, for the Raiders, then yeah, you'll, you're going to plug him in. So yeah, he's definitely a, a deep stash that I like. In um in like twenty round plus leagues, like he's gonna go. Actually, he's not gonna go in the first or the last several rounds. He's probably gonna go, you know, somewhere, you know, sixteen to nineteen. You know, so he's actually gonna be uh, of value in, in some of those leagues. So yeah, I'm all about him. Loved watching him play last year. Pretty entertaining on hard knocks. Got the got the personality. Uh, you know, has that. And he doesn't have southern draw, but he's Hunter Renfro. He's a southern gentleman. Yeah, I mean, he's from Clemson. Gentleman. You know, so. Uh, the one thing that people really try and throw at me when I'm talking about Renfro and his future production this year, um, they always say Nelson Aguilar. You know, he's coming onto the team. No, thank um, you. Yeah, I'm not. You can in- keep him. I'm not interested. A uh, little stat is he's his catch percentage is really subpar to Renfro's. Aguilar had four games last year in Philly with a catch percentage at 49% or lower. Renfro had only one game with under 30% catch percentage. Um, that's where the line was. Like, I tried to find a line at 49. It was 30 that was actually the line. So, it, it sounds misleading, but it's not. Um, but I just see Renfro being the guy that's moving the chains. Like, mm-hmm. Ruggs is going to be the guy that's going to take the top over the defense. But Renfro's going to be the one to keep those drives going um, and give Josh Jacobs a little bit. Take his pressure off of him to have to get those three, four yards. Just throw a slant route to Hunter Renfro. Um, in standard... I, I'm not too. I'm not as high as I am on PPR because he's not going to be a red zone target, but mm-hmm. he's going to get those catches. So in PPR, at the last at the last couple picks, if you need a flyer, take it on Renfro. You'll definitely uh, be happy this year with him. Yeah, absolutely. Just to kind of close that out, you know, I, I really love Rugs coming into. Uh, uh, into the Raiders organization. You know, we've talked about him uh, a bunch of times here, articles on the show. Um, it really does help Renfro out the most though. Like, right. Like his presence on the field, being able to, to get deep into the secondary quickly, open up space underneath for a very accurate quarterback in Derek Carr, who threw uh, 70% completion uh, passing last year. So yeah, I really, really like uh, what they're doing there in Las Vegas. Uh, so yeah, definitely go grab yourself some shares of uh, Hunter Renfro at the end of your draft. Um, who's the other one you had uh, in the back end? 
So this, one of your one of your big favorites here. Yeah, this guy is one of my favorites. Um, Stephen Sims in Washington. When I wrote when I wrote this article, uh, everybody's like, "Oh, who, who's Stephen Sims?" I, <laughs> I, I I was like, "Who?" If you watch Washington, he was the gadget player. Like he replaced Chris Thompson. As, I watched like, the film. That scat back, well, you know, quick receiver. He when I wrote this article, he was like buried on the depth chart, and then Kelvin mm-hmm. Harmon tore his ACL. That brought leaf, some life. Brought some life. Yeah, brought some life to him. You start seeing when we're doing these mock drafts, Stephen Sims is like popping up. On the board somewhere. Um, mm-hmm. He wasn't drafted in the last one that we did, but he's still, you know, one of those guys that you can get in the very few rounds or even free. Um, oh, he's free. He is as free yeah. as the day is long, uh, uh, Steven Sims. Um, well, yeah, we saw the 18-round draft. He wasn't drafted. In 20 to 22-round drafts, he's absolutely getting grabbed. Go ahead. Sorry. No, it's okay. Um, the reason why Chris Thompson didn't really work out in Washington was because he was kind of injury prone. Yeah, like, I was he, was very, he was always hurt. If he was on the field, I, I loved him. Yeah, yeah. But he was very small, and you could tell. Um, they Washington now has Antonio Gibson and Steven Sims. I just see it being a rotation. Yeah. Like Those guys, they don't need to be thrown on nine routes down the field to mm-hmm. catch their, to get their yards. They're going to be given screens and across the field to let them use their speed and quickness in space to generate those yards to get those uh, huge plays downfield. Um, I, I just I, I I'm not as high on players coming into Washington due to there's a lot of things going on. I already mentioned it, but there's a lot of things going on. Steven Sims has NFL experience. Okay, you cannot discount any kind of NFL experience. He had five touchdowns last year. He also returned a touchdown. Yeah, so five, five you know, touchdowns. If, yeah. if you have one of your your receivers on a bye week, you know, and you have Steven Sims, he'd be a good one to stream in for that week because mm-hmm. you know what, you might get that kick return. Okay, he is very quick, very fast. I love him. I I'm I'm definitely gonna be looking at him in those mm-hmm. later rounds, or you know, if I don't really feel that anybody's looking at him, I'm gonna just wait until uh, free agency or waivers, mm-hmm. um, and just take him. Oh yeah, for oh yeah. I mean, you can get him in free agency for free uh, after the start of the season. You can get him in the last uh, last pick of any draft uh, at this point right now. Looking at some of these numbers, it's pretty impressive. I mean, what was it forty three total touches, uh, three hundred and ten receiving yards, and eighty five rushing yards on just nine rushing attempts? That's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, they, they I, and, fi- and five total touchdowns on forty three total touches. That's like one out of every nine. That's pretty good. That's that's pretty good. I'm, it's not bad. That's electric to me. Um, you know? some, some of the things you mentioned, Antonio Gibson. I like Antonio Gibson. Um, uh, big uh, take, it to the, uh, take it to the hizzy flash take here. Uh, Antonio Gibson, next Matt Forte. You heard it here. Knocking on that take. Uh, I'm not going to back down from that. I think that Rivera uh, can use him uh, just the same way as you're describing Sims. And I agree with you that both of them are probably going to eat out of each other's workload. The reason why I see their see upside for both of them is the wide receiver room. Who is going to catch the ball in this team? I mean, Terry McLaurin is definitely going to be the one that is going to be targeted the most, but he's going to be the one that's going to get his Next. Deep crossing <laughs> routes. Yeah, like, but who's well, who is after yeah. him? Like who who is after Trey t- Quinn? Okay, <laughs> it's like you know, like like everybody talk. Like, no one's no one that exciting is the answer. <laughs> yeah, Washington was talking Trey Quinn up so much last they year. They were, and I was they just really like, were sitting there being like, he. I think he was the leading or like the all time leader in receiving yards or something like that. Mm-hmm. It was something some crazy stat in college, and he Whatever. went to SMU, Whatever. and they were like talking him up, and I'm just like looking at him, and I'm like, there's no way 
that he can last. He's a lot smaller than Renfro, to be honest. And you would see him make those nice crossing routes. But, man, when he got hit, it was just like, oh, man, like, is he going to survive? He didn't survive. So, um, you know, there's no one else in the room, to be honest. Yeah, so Sims, uh, free at the back end of your drafts. Uh, Nick's really high on him. I'm kind of so-so. Going to wait and see. I'm definitely more higher on Antonio Gibson. So that, that's where I'm at on that between the two. And, of course, his name is getting drafted, you know, probably within the mid-rounds, you know, probably four or five rounds ahead of Sims right now. And that just comes from, you know, being the new guy in town. Yeah. New Being, shiny toy. Exactly. The new shiny toy, new draft pick. Nothing Everybody's wrong. been watching tape over the summer like me, coming up with these crazy takes, next Matt Forte, et cetera. So, yeah, you can get uh, uh, Gibson about four or five rounds ahead of Sims, and Sims for free at the back end of your drafts last round or in free agency as the season begins. Um, my next guy that I have uh, in the back end of drafts, uh, whose ADP just continues to fall year after year, is uh, Sammy Watkins. I'm doing a lot of drafts where I'm going uh, zero wide receiver uh, to start out, or you know, doing yeah, you know, zero wide receiver. I don't, I don't know why I would call it any, any other way. Where I draft, you know, oh, let's say like Alvin Kamara come back around with like a Travis Kelsey, and then pop off two more running backs, and then I grab my first wide receiver and maybe like a, a Cooper Cup or. Um, you may keep some, even some leagues I've gotten Keenan Allen in the fifth round. I don't know how that's possible, but in some mocks I've gotten Keenan Allen in the fifth, um, like in the first couple of picks. And then, yeah, I'm sitting on wide receivers to the back end and I'm, you know, grabbing guys like Sammy Watkins, you know, Renfro, like you mentioned, um, Larry Fitzgerald, who's my next guy. But with Sam, with Sammy Watkins, you know, he, he's someone that's in a really good situation. You know, one injury on that team, uh, for the chiefs and he's looking at a, you know, a, an increased workload, right? I think that people are afraid of drafting him. You know, we, you and I talked earlier about him uh, taking pay cuts, talking about potentially not playing this year, not, not even related to COVID. He was just literally thinking about taking a year off to like present mentally. Yeah, I think it's about preserving your career at this point. Like, I think yeah. a lot of people looked at what Lev Bell did uh, and what, what was he, he was able to accomplish, right? Um, by taking a year off, still being able to come back and produce. Um, people saw it in Jason Winton. We're seeing it with Rob Gronkowski this year. So it might just be a newer thing. Knock on wood for Andrew Luck uh, coming back for any of you uh, people that really, really want Andrew Luck to come back. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's just kind of a growing, growing thing. But with Sammy Watkins, he just plays on a really good team. And you're getting him for free at the back end of your drafts. I've got him as late as, like, the 15th and 16th round. And that's just too late, in my opinion. I don't know how people can continue to disrespect him. You know, look at his Super Bowl performance. You know, he was uh, very uh, involved in that comeback, uh, you know, being down, what was it, what, uh, 10 or 14 points. He was super involved. You know, this is a guy that, um, you know, was there for them. You know, I I'm all about him in the back end of his drafts. His ADP continues to fall year after year. And most likely, I'm not going to go zero running back. He's going to be a bench guy. And throwing Sammy Watkins on your bench, what's the risk in that? Yeah. What's, what's the risk in that? Um, one of the guys that I'm actually really high on is T Higgins. Um, okay. T Higgins, he's going to, uh, Cincinnati. Um, not really exciting city, but you know what? They got the new quarterback, Joe Burrow and T mm -hmm. Higgins was the pick right after him. Mm -hmm. John Ross is, I believe not playing this year, uh, due to COVID. And so that those two are basically the same person in a way. John Ross is a lot deep, faster. Deep, deep threat. Yeah, but T. Higgins is a, is, is a deep threat as well. They're going to use him. I mean, the way I see it, why would you spend a second-round pick on a wide receiver that's just going to be sitting on your bench when really you're just going to let uh, Joe Burrow throw the ball? Mm -hmm. So I think T. Higgins is going to be one of those guys that benefits from A.J. Green still being there. You know, he's he's still going to get those number one targets. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, T. Higgins could catch up, uh, catch those balls, you know, when – 
uh, Green's being focused on. So yeah, I think absolutely. he's going to be a good one. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Um, I think with, with his situation, you know, having, you know, Tyler Boyd ahead of him too, A.J. Green, everyone wants Joe Mixon to catch more balls. Uh, he's just a free guy, right? I, T. Higgins isn't going to be somebody that I'm starting probably uh, week one through three. You know, I, I, I don't, I don't necessarily see that happening. I could see, you know, a Sammy Watkins or a Renfro potentially getting into my lineup in, in the first several weeks. Um, you know, if I need it, like if I just completely faded the, you know, wide receiver position, I could definitely see that uh, that scenario happening. You know who I do, who I'm not seeing any respects on uh, their name is mm-hmm. T. Y. Hilton. Uh, Terry McLaurin is being drafted in front of T. Y. Hilton, mm-hmm. and I do not understand that at all. Yeah, I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't necessarily get that either. Um, the Colts. The Colts brought in Philip Rivers, who's a gunslinger, and all he does is just chuck the ball in the air. And T. Y. Hilton is a perfect receiver there. I think it's the injury history. I think everyone gets gets worried about uh, T. Y. Hilton just you know putting together four to five really good games and then just getting tossed for the season. Just just the way uh, he runs. He's a very powerful runner. He still does play on the outside. Comes into the slot. Uh, physical receiver still goes across the middle, still tries to burn guys down the sideline. So they use them all over the field, and I think that's it's just kind of wearing on them. I think people are a little scared to take them. Um, so yeah, I, w- I would have I have him uh, ahead of uh, I would have him at least above McLaurin. To be oh honest. yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that, I know I know we've seen some mock drafts uh, where he's McLaurin's gone uh, around ahead of him, not just a few spots, but like yeah. rounds ahead of him. So um, getting back in or just closing it out here with the uh, last few guys that we have in the back end of our drafts. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald uh, is someone that's going to be in a really good situation this year. I know the age is up there, but he still has all the talent and all the tangible skills uh, to be at least a wide receiver too in fantasy football. I'm not going to say you know he's going to go out guns a blazing in his in his potential last year. You know, on a team that's going to be looking to make a Super Bowl run. You know, they look good on both sides of the ball, in my opinion, right now. Uh, the Cardinals and they look like they've they've made the right moves. You know, to to make a playoff run or at least compete in that division. Super tough division. Yeah, you know, up against hard. uh you know the, the Niners and the Seahawks. So really looking forward to what they can put together this year. But bringing in Hopkins and having Christian Kirk there already, you know, it just alleviates a lot of the pressure for Larry Fitzgerald. And I recognize he's lost a step. Some of the explosiveness isn't there. But all the efficiency is, you know, those those hands ain't they haven't aged a day. I'm sorry. Does he have more tackles uh, than drops in his NFL career? Yeah, the more. Uh, yeah, <laughs> a- a- absolutely. that's crazy. That's the wildest. But he, but he's a pure Hall of Famer wide receiver. Yep. You know, th- th- this is what he is, and I think that. These other options coming in, you know, they're going to bring up his uh, productivity. They're going to give him more chances. I see it specifically in the red zone. You know, being able to close in on on you know those those last fifteen to ten yards. He's the biggest receiver, I think, on the team, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, they might have a tight end or two that might be. There's no tight end actually. Uh, Max Williams, that's the yeah. tight end there. We talked about that. Yeah, he's yeah in size. In size, but he's not bigger. a receiving threat. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. They just don't use tight ends there. You know, the, four wide. Yeah, exactly. Every you know, up and down the field all day. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I definitely see Larry Fitzgerald getting more opportunities in the red zone this year. Again, you know, these these are guys that aren't going to be your starters. You know, in your first several weeks uh, to start the year. If I'm throwing Larry Fitzgerald on my bench, yeah, maybe I don't feel great about it because he lacks a little bit of upside. The speed isn't there. But I think as far as like bye weeks go and taking a chance on a guy at the end of your draft. Give me the Hall of Famer, Larry Fitz. Larry Fitz. I, I love it. I love it. You know who's a real sleeper now? Antonio Brown. He's got eight weeks of sleeping. He does. <laughs> he does. 
Uh, I mean, he, he's another guy, the back-end guys. He got drafted in the 15th round of the last draft. If, if you're drafting in the next several weeks, I don't recommend that. I don't recommend that at all. I mean, yeah. you have to wait eight weeks to actually get any kind of value out of him. So, oh, yeah, you know, absolutely. Definitely take Larry Fitzgerald before you take Antonio Brown, just letting you know. Uh, I could see a situation where, you know. Larry Fitzgerald won't give you any value for eight weeks. Yeah, but if you, like, if you, uh, let's say your uh, receivers don't have buys until, like, week nine or later. You know what I mean? Like you're not—you don't even have to plug out your your starters if you pick the right guys. Yeah. You know, and then Antonio Brown comes back after that point. Eh, this situation could work. You know, it, it, you could make it work for yourself, yeah. but it all has to fall into place. Yeah. All right, last guy here, and we're gonna wrap it up. Uh, I got Brandon Ayuk for the 49ers. I know that we were talking about them a little bit earlier. Uh, Ayuk in a good situation. Debo Samuel's gone. They really don't have. Oh, and Emmanuel Sanders is gone. I'm sorry with uh, with uh, the Saints. Uh, so, yeah, not really a ton of mouths to feed in the passing game other than George Kittle. Um, I like Jalen Hurd. I like Ayuk. I think Ayuk has a little bit more, What you know, the, the, the wingspan is there. Oh, man. The size is there. The speed is there. I think Jalen Hurd is just as, you know, it's like 1A and 1B. You know, you can take your pick between the two, you know, but we always seem to avert ourselves to the nice, new, shiny toy, right? Yeah, I mean, even when he was, you know, obviously I watched the NFL draft every year, you know, since I was like 12 years old. And this year I was watching with my girlfriend and even she was like, man, that guy's arms are really long. Like he jumps off the page, to be honest. Mm -hmm. And he's just going to be able to have that Larry Fitzgerald catch radius that, um, you know, everybody's looking for in the receivers. Hopefully he can just put it together real quickly for his rookie season because he's going to be needed right away. So, you know, that's definitely a good one to, to look at. Yeah, I like the situation for him. I mean, obviously his workload and production could come down as the season goes goes on as we get closer and closer to Samuel coming back um, and he gets on the field. Obviously there will be more touches to get divvied up. You know, I really see this this Niners offense as just incomplete. I feel like they're missing something. You know, I feel I do I honestly feel like they could go out and and sign, you know, like a Taylor Gabriel. I know it's not a sexy grab, you know, but it just like Service. some Yeah, it's just something, you know, just a little bit more depth. Um, you know, a Devontae Freeman, I could see that. Um, I could see even a Lamar Miller, you know, uh, Antonio Brown, dare I say, you know, they 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 need a, a receiving weapon. So I I see them in a position to add somebody do they do it? You know, we, we talked up Delaney Walker. We talked up Jordan Reed a little bit earlier in the show. I think there's some better weapons out there than, than that. You know, use Kittle, leverage him, and maybe go after an Antonio Brown who now looks like after his eight-game suspension has been set in place, you know, people are back to courting him. The Seahawks. Uh, but he the, has to be signed first. That's what I'm saying. Like, okay. more and more teams are going to be looking to court him. The Seahawks, the Ravens, dare I say the 49ers who look like they really need a wide receiver one. You know, I, I, I see them as incomplete, so maybe the jury's still out. Yeah, I like Brandon Ayuk today. Do I like him on draft day? I'm not sure. But I do know, regardless, I can get him for free. That's just, yeah. that, that, that's just where he's at right now. All right, so that's it. Uh, that's today's show. This was Take It to the Hitty, T-I-T-T-H number 30. Really appreciate you guys stopping by and kicking it with us. Uh, be sure to smash the like button, share the video, and we will see you next time. You got see anything? You nope, I'm good. See you guys. All right, Take It to the Hitty. We'll see you. Take care. See you.